0: Mark Stary Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Stary, and I'm a 15 plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Starry, that's S T A R Y music.net, also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two lying around and would like to be a patron of this podcast, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music Podcast. Also consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word-of-mouth, etc., Happy thought of the day is by Lonnie Donegan. I always thought I was singing American folk music. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Mark Steri Music Podcast, episode 77. Thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. I'm coming at you this week from my home in St. Paul, Minnesota, on a beautiful April Fool's Day. Leaving Sunday to go to Milwaukee for the annual Brewers Home Opener Shenanigans, so thought I'd cut the podcast early, because who knows when, or even if, I'll make it back from Milwaukee with this crew I got going along with me. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Almost didn't make the show from a violent battle with the flu the day before, but by the time I got a few sugar blue licks in, I'd forgotten all about it. Thursday, Brian Johnson and myself rocked out at Wyzetta Bar and Grill in Wyzetta, Minnesota. It was Eric Clapton's 72nd birthday, so we paid tribute with a ton of his tunes. Also, congrats to bartender Dave on his new wood, hand-painted HD antenna business. Friday played a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota. Good catching up with Jeremy of JJ's Outpost and Allie of Tippy Canoes. Enjoyed hearing the updates on what bartenders still let controversial regular Vern in the outpost and who cleans the place now that Brock is in Florida. Saturday. Well, we're heading up to Breezy Point in a few minutes here, so not quite sure what's going to happen. The texts from p Fitty and the crew are coming in already, so they're excited for us to come out, and I just hope I don't die. <laughs> Wednesday, April 5th, 2017, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, April 6th, Mr. Brian, Keith, Johnson, and myself will be rocking out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota from 4 to 7 p.m. Friday, April 7th, I'll be playing a solo show at Ingredients Cafe in White Bear Lake, Minnesota from 6 to 8.30 p.m. Saturday, April 8th, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself are heading back up to Breezy Point, Minnesota to rock out at Commander Bar from 5 to 9 p.m.
1: Guest this week.
0: is part two of three with the John Lennon of the National Beatles tribute band Rubber Soul, Mike McDonough. We discuss Prince guitar solos, Rubber Soul's instruments, the Beatles' cavern era, etc. Enjoy the conversation! Mr. Mike McDonough, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast Part 2 here with Mike. We came back again. (laughs) We're still here in Mike's beautiful home in Afton, Minnesota checking out Hard Day's Night the movie, And I Love Her in the background. And we were just talking about how influential the Beatles were on so many of our favorite guitar players and we were talking about Eric Clapton like a lot of people nowadays you who's that Joe Bonamasi you were saying
1: oh yeah so many fantastic guitar players nowadays the credit uh, the 60's guitar players um, it's just amazing like Clap, how much influences Clapton and Harrison had on, on guitar players are our young strapping George and rubber soul. Johnny, he's he's got so many amazing influences. Jimmy Page from Zeppelin and all that. But but he's he's just swears George Harrison is he's sweating and living George Harrison is it's like his favorite thing, you know. So
0: what's kinda weird, I'm just kinda thinking about this right now, but George Harrison has for such a young kid when he tracked this stuff, one of my favorite guitar tones ever. On his lead on his lead guitar. It just it's brutal. It's like really sticks out there. It's really distorted. It's like um I'm trying to even think of which song I'm thinking of where he just, just shreds it up. I think he's a great lead guitar player. Oh
1: my guitar gently weeps is I I mean Prince did a rendition Oh I um, saw that. and it was with Donnie Harrison and Tom Petty, I think it was a. Uh, was that a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Thing? I think my favorite guy
0: was uh, uh, Jeff Lynne of ELO. I that's love that's Jeff Lynne.
1: Yeah, they were they were doing. A, they all got together for a version of "My Guitar Gently Weeps," and Prince came out and showed what a real guitar player he really was. He pulled all guns out for that. If you ever on YouTube and you look up that solo from Prince, um, everybody around him on stage were just here is this guy from Minneapolis. Known as you know, like the James Brown, Jimi Hendrix type, uh, through the '80s and '90s and everything, pulls my guitar gently, weeps solo, just blows people away. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: It was jaw-dropping, and I did yeah. not realize that. I've heard the quotes about Prince, like from, they said Clapton said he was one of the best ever or something like that, and that's like, I didn't really know that or whatever. Until I saw that, I was like, yeah, man, this guy is,
1: he was one hell of a guitar player. Yeah, that was something else. There's an influence there. He, Prince would have said uh, how the Beatles were such an influence on him through his life. I mean... uh uh, Raspberry Beret and all that. He started even breaking into his Sergeant Pepper era type music, you know, with, with influences as that. Oh, that was totally influenced. You you can listen to it by by Sergeant Pepperish, you know, spins on all the songs that were in that album. Even some of his fashion choices at that time were even oh. kind of Sergeant ish Oh, Paisley and yeah, all that. Yeah, was, he 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 was bringing him back around again, you know, with his own spin on it. Prince did so. That is great stuff.
0: Um, absolutely.
1: So, Mike, so who in
0: the Rubber Soul, who is the current lineup right now?
1: Well, it's um, it's Brian McGuire, who's a long-term guy like I am. He does the Paul McCartney thing, and he's amazing at it. Uh, um, he's He's been doing it since, uh, I think, before 2001. So that would give us, what, uh, a 14-year run so far with that band? Not sure about the math on that, but... That's when I met him, but he had been doing a lot before. But he's a, he's a Wisconsin kid, came over from Appleton, and with his uh, Beatle passion, he just jumped right into it, had it all going. He's the one that, he, he was really opposed to me coming into the band at first because I was the long-haired headbanger. Yeah, I'd never do John London and all that. Then I sang a couple a note or two for him, and I was like, yeah, well, it's a long relationship with him now, and he, I love him dearly, close friend. Uh, John Erisman is the George Harrison, uh, young young guitar, young guitar, they'll make a movie of him someday, uh, Johnny James in the Hall of Famers is his original band, uh, he's played in many cover bands and done a lot of originals, he's worked with guys like Kevin Bowe, uh, Grammy Award winner, and uh, he's a teacher, a guitar teacher, but uh, I think the George Harrison thing fits him well, he he's a, looks like George. Uh, but when he pulls out a, a guitar, gently weeps guitar solo during our show, he he basically has people hypnotized. He's got he's got him by the palm of his hand. He has the tones, he has the the guitars, the guitars and the amps, um, and the attitude. It all brings it together. It's a magic of watching Johnny do George Harrison. It's a privilege, really. But he's a young guy. Um, um, joined up with us after maybe when we went through two Georges, Dwight. Uh, Sheridan was our first George went through that um, he retired from the band and Johnny stepped right up he um, has the Rickenbacker 12 and he's got a 66 Gretsch country gentleman these are the guitars that George would have had you know he's got the the Rocky Road Strat with all the crazy painting on it. he's got he I think he has about six or eight George guitars that he travels with but we all have the AC 30s and We get that sound with uh, the instruments that the Beatles would have had. That's that's the fun part of being in this tribute band is when you first get the guitars and the amps and you're just rehearsing with it, you go, ah, that's what I've heard on the record. That's what that guitar, this is that guitar, you know, that makes that sound.
0: As the John Lennon aficionado, is there any kind of settings he would use on his amp or guitar that would surprise fellow musicians to give him his basic sound? Um, like is his treble cranked up? You'd no be surprised. Bass or how, what, you'd, be,
1: you'd be surprised what was how his sh- they were. Sh- really shrill. Uh, Lennon and Lennon and Harrison had a good relationship on the guitar. George played the the fat country gentleman with the uh uh the fancy pickups on it that made that guitar so fat. The Chet Atkins sound, you know, Filtron pickups, all that. And uh, Lennon had the little three twenty five quarter scale guitar. That was more of a strictly rhythm. He used. If any musician knows how fat a 13 is for a string, you know. What? That's what Lennon used. Right? It was 13s on it. When I got my Rickenbacker, it had 13s on it. I played it. It was like playing on phone cables. Ah. It was miserable. <laughs> but that comes from Lennon's banjo playing experience. You know, he play, he plays his guitar like he's playing banjo chords, pretty much like that. That's how he learned was through banjo chords. So um, Jesus, yeah, Jesus but Christ. He played most all of his chords down the bottom of the neck, and George played all of his, like, Chet Atkins would, with the formations towards uh, upper scale. So you got your lower scale, upper scale sounds, you know, and they blend. It just filled the the panorama of of the guitar tones. You can hear it, when you hear the separation on some of the old records. You hear that how well it blended. It was amazing.
0: Man, that's interesting. Yeah,
1: because the Rickenbacker three twenty five that I have, it's 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 a Miami uh, reissue. It's a V series reissue, which is a, an amazing incredible repeat of John Lennon's uh, original guitar and when I play it it's 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 so chunky and uh, rhythmy there's you're not going to play leads on this guitar whatsoever you know but it has that really high tone it's it's almost a cheap guitar sound but it's a rickenbacker sound you can tell it has a little bit of jingle to it so the two guitars just blend so well did he- did they keep primarily the same guitar tones throughout their career? No, 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 no. They changed, uh, after sixty, 64, 65-ish, they started using, uh, um, I think 65, they got their first Stratocasters from America. Um. Didn't John Lennon later play Gibson SG's too? No, that was, that would have been George. George had a, George. had a heritage SG. He, um. He kinda got that idea, I think uh, I think the bad influence, the bad finger influence
0: I remember finding out
1: about you every day my night- uh, Joey and all that. They all played the SGs, uh, and mostly the Heritage's uh, were beautiful guitars back then. And, and the neck was so long, you could, you could. The scale was amazing on an SG. It's double horned, so you could play at the top of anything. But the SG there was uh, George played uh, Paperback Writer and yeah. all that on on the SG. Yeah, so we have cool. one. We have one in the band. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a, a, a Heritage uh, SG Heritage classes. Johnny Johnny plays all the George songs with all the right songs. Wow. Les Paul, he's got Les Paul, the, the SG, uh, the, the uh, Gretsch, the Rick, um, the Fender, Strat. We just bring an arsenal. When we go out to a show, we get the newspaper press, they come out and take pictures of just our setup. It's amazing. It's pretty cool.
0: So you're telling me that rubber Soul, It's an amazing amount of preparation, oh. amazing amount of rehearsal and setup to get things. You're trying to be as authentic as possible. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's that's our that's our claim to fame. Is is you know we're we're not always such a great lookalike. I mean I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a John Lennon lookalike by any means. But I I've had people tell me they shut their eyes and they hear John Lennon's voice or they hear those guitars or the acoustic guitars we have. Uh, J160s, Gibson J160s. Uh, it's an acoustic guitar with a little little uh, pickup on it, but that sound—that's um, a funny story. Quickly, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, every time we do, uh, I feel fine. There's a there's a, a one note, an A, and a bass note, and uh, one note on on the Rickenbacker twelve string that messes for all that song to start it out. But the J one sixty vibrates, he, he puts it up against the amp and it goes boom, do, <laughs> good to me. The first time I got my J160 and my Vox AC30, I did that. You got to do it. You just have to do it. And then you hear it, that A string vibrate. It kind of magically vibrates after the first hit. It vibrates on it its own, and you go, God, what, was he drunk? He sat his guitar down on the amp or something, and did that by itself. How do you? Th-? That was before Hendrix was doing. That was the first, actually, the first feedback ever recorded. Are you and, use, and use for a song? No, that's what we we kind of do. That we I do a thing with my monitor in the show where I have a song I turn it up and I go, "Now here it is!" Uh, give it a bit, give it a gas. Uh, we go, and everybody's going, "Yeah!" That's it. That's I get a,
0: excited even hearing about that.
1: Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, yeah. So when you
0: are dressed up, you have the the Beatles garb on, you're right. playing the instruments in their precise you know, how they were set up, how they were hot-rodded, as my buddy uh, uh, Brian Naughton would say. Do you kind of feel like John Lennon channeling through you? Or are you playing this role of him on stage, or how does that feel like?
1: There's, there's no doubt about it. You're, you're holding the guitar that's structured like he would have actually had, and the amps are set like they would have had, and uh, the band, the, the, the mates around you are just, you know, they're all in the same mindset as you is and it's like you know we'll be playing outdoor concerts and I'll just look at the sky and go you know I'll I'll thank Johnny in front of the crowd we do like nowhere man and when you do three-part harmonies coming out of nowhere man you're either dead on or dead off (laughs) so usually I know what you I know what you're talking about every time every time we've done it it's been dead on and and people hear that and they go wow they actually applaud when that first thing he's done and uh, by the time the end of the song comes around, uh, I look at the sky and I just think, I throw I thank you to John Lennon every time I do that song. When I'm finished, I go, "Thank you, John Lennon, for such a great song." And uh, people, people just they they know how I feel. But that's going through my head that, oh man, it's what a, what a privilege, what a privilege. So
0: that's so cool. This is super interesting talk here. Um, okay, so let's go through. Yeah. So you co- basically you cover three different periods. You cover like the Ed, the Ed Sullivan period. Early era, yeah. Early era.
1: Black you suits. Co-
0: then you cover like the mid, the, the Sergeant Pepper, stuff like that era, Let It Be. And then you do also some of their original stuff, their solo stuff later in their careers, right? Yeah,
1: yeah we've, we've fested in a few of their solo stuff here. Okay, and there, yeah.
0: so I think I asked you this at Danny's Bar in Stillwater when you guys came out to the show, but what would be... You, one of your favorite, like, cavern
1: Beatles tunes. Early, early days. Oh, my God. There, there was a lot of cool tunes I did. Some other guy. Uh, my Bonnie... <laughs>
0: That's my favorite. mob, um, Bonnie lies over the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Was that a skiffle song? Who was their influence? What Was the guy they wanted? Oh, to Lonnie
1: Donegan. And uh, oh my God, they were they were just amazed by early rock and roll guys that were going through Liverpool that they'd see. You know, wouldn't that they,
0: been cool to see them at the, that, that cavern drinking a probably a warm beer, watching that? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. After their show, you know, they'd just go up the block and hang out with like the Rolling Stones and having a having a beer with with the. You know, they were they were real close knit. Bunch of musicians back in Liverpool and early uh, early London days, you know, it's 62, 63. There's a lot of influences coming over from America. Chuck Berry, uh, 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 Little, God, Richard so and stuff. Little Richard. Little oh, Richard. Paul was
0: a mark for Little Richard, I think, stuff. Wasn't oh, yeah,
1: it? Pretty Woman. Um, Roy. Roy Orbison was a huge influence on them. And Chet At- not to mention Chet Atkins and uh, um, so many famous guitar players. Uh, Ringo was in a, a band called Rory, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, and they were doing the, the pop stuff and all that. And then Ringo, you know, he, he just wanted to be a hairstylist till he met the Beatles, and all I of a sudden he, that. he brings his influence to the Beatles from uh, his side of, side of London. And, and uh, they, yeah, when they meshed, that was, that was crazy. The whole music scene back then in '63 was something you'd die to be a fly on the wall for. Oh, it's crazy. We treasure those uh, bootleg albums live at the Cavern Club and all these Beatle bootlegs. People give us tons of CDs. Oh, have you heard this bootleg? Nobody's ever heard these off-the-wall things before.
0: You know, you sometimes wish people would have had a cell phone or something like that to videotape that (laughs) or take pictures. But I almost kind of prefer it as it is, leaving it kind of like that Paul Bunyan... Folklore-ish. Right. Like, I think the imagination, the mind, the theater, the mind version right. of what that would have been like, Right. I just want to leave it at that. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a difference between reading a book and watching a movie, you know, you, you, sometimes a book and the movie don't mesh up, but you always think the book has the, they want to plan in your mind the way things they were thinking when they wrote it. So you go back in the old cavern days and you look at all these old pictures and books and stuff like that and you go, yeah, you're, you're exactly right on that, what a great thought. That's the way I want to remember it, you know.
0: Yeah, Uh, the folklore version.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't want to watch uh, all the sterilized stuff, you know. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, Ed Sullivan
0: years. What's your top? What's your favorite Beatles songs that maybe you guys play or don't play in the Ed Sullivan years?
1: Oh, top song that we play
0: or don't. Or whatever.
1: Oh, God. Well, we do so I'm many. I th- think of my answer as I ask you these questions. Uh, we, we got so many, there's so many hits back then. It's it's so hard to pick one out. I guess uh, I should have known better as one of my favorites. <laughs> Because okay. I get to play the harmonica on that one, you nice. know? Like People think you're in it, you know. So you do a little harmonica solo well before just to show them. Oh, you really play guitar and the harmonica at the same time? Well, yeah, I can song and dance and sing and do that too. So
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's actually a line from John Lennon, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. Um, I think mine is "I'll Follow the Sun." Oh, great song. Yeah. Oh, so many B sides that you know. That's a B side. Mr. Shit Moonlight, the- yeah. Mr. Moonlight. Come on, that's. That, there's a kind of a Latin percussion type song where Lennon sings like to the top of his range, you know, Mr. Moonlight, you know, that very, just starting into that is amazing. What Uh, record is that off of? um, Mr. Moonlight, I think was, was that, was that off of the second album? I think it was the second or third album. God, I'm, I'm almost, I'm embarrassed that I, I don't know. I've, I've got so many of their albums <laughs> I
0: know there is so many of their records I think yeah. All of a the Sun is one of their four faces on it like the kind of white ghost face yeah, the huh? cover I'm not sure that's Meet the Beatles or something like I that think,
1: I think you're right yeah that's Meet the Beatles yeah okay, got, how about I, one that you
0: perform that's your favorite in that era the Ed Sullivan era
1: that would be that would be uh, um, well short of Twist and Shout Twist and Shout they didn't write but Oh, my God, that's such a crowd pleaser. Oh, you know, dude, Lennon recorded killing. that. He did that in, like, one take in the studio with his shirt off. You know, he, really? sh- he shredded at the very end of the... Yeah, according to Brian, he said that was that was done with no shirt and shredded that song, and he was done, done, done. So, uh, you can't but,
0: be doing take after take of that shit, though, after hearing that one.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I, <laughs> I tell those guys, you 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 got to make that one the last one of the night. So yeah, you don't kick off the set with that. No, but... Uh, um if i fell is a great song great love song i mean yeah you just sing that that's that's just amazing the way people relate to that one so many like i said how do you pick one mark really
0: oh you can't this is just fun bs and thinking through it you know um so let's see now you're taking on your the sergeant pepper years let it be years uh what would be some highlights of yours in that era
1: oh gosh um Lucy in the Sky um
0: Now, was that the one where they took like three different takes of it and then George Martin mixed it to one odd key nah. or something like that?
1: Yeah, he he did a lot of filling around with the the tape, not only the speed, but you know, he used to take foreign objects and bump the tape with it and do all kinds of crazy stuff. He did he did a lot of a lot of self-editing on the, that the boys yeah. gave him liberty, take liberties with it. He was the only one ever allowed to take liberties with their Their functions. Yeah.
0: Or am I thinking of Penny Lane? What's one that's not on an album, but it's definitely, they've screwed with the speed of it or whatever from different takes? Might have been Strawberry Fields. It is Strawberry Fields. You're right. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Fields. Nothing is
1: real. I think that's what you're thinking of, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you guys cover that song? Oh, uh, we do do it. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of that. Pepper stuffed strawberry fields is a great song. We do. Um, oh, what else do we do? In my uh, a day in the life. Oh my god. That's an amazing one. That's a big production for us. That song. That's that's a real crowd pleaser. A lot of heart into that song.
0: It's got one of the best songs ever written.
1: Yeah, it's pretty. That uh, that that was a sign of the times. A day in the life. That you know. You know, the 67, 68, the Vietnam War, um, so much politics and, and un- unrest, drugs, sexual, everything's going, you know, going to the haywire level. And and for that, the, for the, that album was probably still to this day is like on the top list of albums ever. You know, Sergeant Pepper's got to be right if it's not the top one, it's top one or two. People still look at that, and they still listen. As a, who listens to concept albums anymore, Mark? You know,
0: I just bought a Frank Sinatra concept.
1: album, so <laughs> I guess I do. No, one that's one. awesome. But I mean, bands don't really think in concepts anymore. Um, not like they did back then. You know. Uh, no, we're
0: worried about getting on iTunes and getting yeah. a paycheck and making sure yeah some no, free drinks. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever thought of, or maybe you guys do do it, that kind of sad cold sad experience when they were on top of apple records doing their final live performance do you guys ever edit that to your show
1: um with the big fur coat he's wearing and oh we we haven't done that yet but we do have the gear to do we have the the fender amps and we have the the guitars and and we have that whole uh gear up we could do that we'd like to we'd like to get that partly that but when it comes for 50 years, that's coming soon, you know, like, what is it, this is 2017 now, it's the 50 years for the Pepper thing, we're kind of going, as the anthology goes, we're kind of backing the Pepper thing now as a 50 year, but say 19, 1969 comes around 50 years later, that'd be 2019 or so, we're, we're going to do something like that, we're going to put something together. Wow, It'd be nice to go out downtown Minneapolis and Dude, go on top the of a building. To, oh, absolutely. Dude,
0: that's a good gimmick. And, that's awesome. And, you know,
1: screw the cops, screw them all, the corporates. We're yes. going to have everybody in the streets blocked off and everything. We'd love to do that, yeah. I'd love that idea. Um, okay, we're flying through this podcast. How about
0: let's talk about what's your favorite one of their solo careers? Um, oh, that's
1: that's a gimme with John Lennon. That's oh, yeah. it has got to be imagined. Yeah. it's iconic as song as it ever gets that was his his uh coup de Gras. It was like the the most amazing song he ever wrote um george harrison had to be um like i said for me personally it's uh you know it's uh, beware of darkness that hits me personally but uh
0: my favorite john lennon b-side during that era i think was crippled inside crippled inside oh my god man. now you're digging deep yeah that's and then uh Oh, my love, for the first time in my life.
1: Do that one, too, yeah, that B-side? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called. I, I, I think it's called Oh, My Love, yeah, oh maybe. Oh, My Love. I think it's what it is, yeah. No, you're right. Like Oh, you know your Lennon stuff. So do you
0: have any... <laughs> so do you guys have any gal come up and do the Yoko part, just sit in
1: the corner and scream? Oh, just bang on a little Tom and scream. Oh, there's the most embarrassing moment of John Lennon's life. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen on YouTube with John Lennon jammed with Chuck Berry. Help me information get in touch with my Marie. the ridge. Just a half
0: home. A mile from
1: the on the Merv Griffin show or something like that. But him and Chuck Berry were jamming on uh, some of Chuck's songs. And uh, he brought Yoko up just to bang on a little drum. And they, she jumped on a mic and started going, <laughs> and, and um, Chuck gives John the greatest bad look you'd ever see. Uh, anybody give, give two musicians, he gives him that quick turn, head to the left and stare thing. And Yoko's just over there screaming and memeing and, and d- dumping and diving and everything. And Lennon's just going, oh, I had to bring her along, you know. <laughs> so, oh, that's my it. God. That's, hor- that's horrible. Yeah, and you ever wow. see that on YouTube, it's it's one of the most hilarious moments in rock and roll.
0: Oh, my God. I'll have to check that out. Mike McDonough, thanks for being on the Mark Stern Music Podcast. mind doing a part three? Oh, I'd love to. It's such an honor to be with you, Mark. Well, thanks, man. Okay, so story behind the song segment. Any other... Uh, clip that you guys of your group that would be another good song you'd like to uh, like for me to tag at the end of this oh gosh um, I don't want to get in trouble if i play the whole thing I'll play a little chunk of it at the end
1: oh we've got some we've got some good ones on the website you can pull one off of there like Sar Standing There or Hard uh, or, um, Day's Night, stuff like that alright All
0: right, please tune in next week with Mr. Mike McDonough for part 3 Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on the show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. Two, three, five.